Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medication safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. If you build it, he will It's the City on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny Mon Sports. I guess it's actually Tuesday. <laughs> right here on 98.1 FM, The Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We, uh, hanging out at Janice's Cafe this morning, 2103 South Main, right here in Elk City, Suite A. It's the furthest east building, or the furthest east um, business right here in the strip mall, out by the movie theater, right behind, um, just right off the, the highway, or Main Street, out here on the south side of Elk City. Janice's Cafe, Tuesday special today. It's going to be taco salad. Uh, they also serve a full menu all day, so that's very interesting. If you were one of those people, and there's some people that do not like breakfast, do not like the breakfast items, you can come in here at 7 o'clock in the morning and get you a, a cheeseburger or whatever else you want. Or if you're somebody that loves breakfast, you can come at night and get an omelet. We'll be telling you all about Janice's Cafe throughout the day. I would love to meet the person who does not like breakfast. Who doesn't like breakfast? I know one. Are you serious? A hundred percent. Is it in your house? It Are is not in, in my house. house. Okay. It was uh, one of our one of my college teammates in golf, John Rep. Did not like breakfast. John Rep. We would have when we would go. When I was taking uh, the, the the men's golf team at Southwestern, I took them to a couple of tournaments here and there. I would have to make sure we went to Sonic. To get breakfast. Yeah. Because Sonic would fire up and cook him a burger. <laughs> it's the only guy I know like that. But, yeah, Rep, would, uh, he did not like breakfast. He well, did not want that. So we would have to go to Sonic uh, at Weatherford or wherever we were at to get him a cheeseburger. He would well, get a double cheeseburger yeah. well, for now breakfast. He, now he can come here. Just come to – now just drive from, here. Drive from Carnegie to Janice's Cafe right here in Elk <laughs> City, and he can get a burger anytime he wants. Uh, that yeah, it was a, it was always a kind of an interesting thing. What's um, your favorite here? What's your favorite? All meat omelet. All meat omelet. Without okay. a doubt, the all meat omelet. It, it's biscuits and gravy. With, biscuits and sausage with, gravy. Yes, and I have to get a, a, a an egg on the side, sunny side up. That's my go-to here. Love it. Love I'm it. intrigued by the hot cake sandwich. Okay. I think it's hot. just like two, you know, two pancakes with eggs and bacon and sausage in the middle. There you of go. It. Bacon or sausage. Uh, so right here, 2103 South Main, Sweet A, Janice's Cafe. Uh, like I said, all day. Full menu all day. There are not many places to do that. Fresh and healthy country cooking right very, here at Janice's. Uh, we got a, a couple of things coming up on the show. Uh, Coach J.W. Gillette of the Canute Trojanettes fast-pitch softball team headed to the Class A state tournament. 
Uh, we'll have him on the horn about 9.20, so the, the second segment. We'll talk to JW. Then programming for tomorrow. We'll be back in studio. We're going to have – So will everybody else. <laughs> we're going to have a, a, a smorgasbord of uh, coaches from around the area, starting with uh, Coach Caleb Murray, the fast-pitch coach at Elk City. Uh, is Elkets are going down to Lone Grove for the regional tournament. He'll be there at 9.15. We're going to have Taylor Varnell, the head coach of the Canute Trojans baseball team, headed to the Class A state tournament. He'll be there, there at 9.30. And then, of course, it's Wednesday, so we'll hit uh, Coach Zach Maynard of the Big Elk football team. I'm sure he'll have lots to say about last week's win against Clinton and then look ahead to Cash as well. He's about 9.45-ish, so we'll, we'll just kind of go back-to-back-to-back to back to back tomorrow. Uh, J.W. Gillette on with us today here in just about and 10 minutes. And if we got to go overtime, we'll go overtime, right? Yeah, like we did. not no, going to no, bother. No, no problem. Not going to bother us to do that whatsoever. So that's kind of what we've got coming up. We'll hit some college football, our top tens. Uh, who's going to play for OU <laughs> this weekend? Let's see Does it like matter? The, the injury report is not good. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that game. We'll talk about OSU and, and that tech matchup that always seems to provide huge fireworks uh, year in, year out with those two teams going at it. I'm going to give you a chance uh, to change your Big 12 title pick, Jared. Who do you think will be in that Big 12 title game right now? And then also we'll hit the NFL. With the uh, uh, wrap-up the NFL week, top five at the quarter poll. Who is your top five? Who's your MVP? And then would you change your Super Bowl pick? Also, Bobby Wagner. He was catching some flack last night. A, l- a little bit about uh, making the tackle on the animal rights activists. Was that what that was? Yes. I thought that was a gender reveal. <clears throat> it was an, an animal rights activist. Are we sure that he should be vilified for that? I may call him a hero. And uh, at the end of the show. I didn't care what the person was. I was happy to see it. You go down there in the lion's den, you're going to get mauled, man. It seems like that happens more often. Also, shenanigans on Lake Erie. If you guys haven't heard about the story of the cheating walleye fishermen we'll Ooh. talk we'll get into that a little bit as well 225-9698 is the phone or the text line 225-9698 gives call shoot us a text we can talk about any of those things whatever else might be on your mind feel free to chime in at 225-9698 if you're going to be outside the listening area stay in touch with us a couple ways kadsam.com download the paragon communications app the app's got it all three radio stations it's got the penny news Brand new edition of that Penny News hits the website tonight at midnight at thepennynews.com. Uh, Big Elk TV, Paragon TV, three games coming up this week. With the Elks and Cash, you've got Hollis and Laverne. Do you remember uh, who Merritt plays this oh, week? Oh, man, you know you had to ask. I should know this. We should know this. Yeah, I know. I can't remember. We'll get to it. Maybe Fairview. That may be uh, Sarah may be playing Fairview. Oh, uh. Does anybody, does anybody want to play Fairview right now? Man. Facing Nolan documentary is great. We got on the text line. I've heard that from multiple, multiple people. I need uh, – oh, Merritt's just right down the road over, or at Burns, Burns Flat. Flat. That's right. So Merritt at Burns Flat. That'll be there. Paragon TV and, of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you missed the show entirely, you go back and listen to us. KADSAM.com or find us on iTunes. All right, last night, for some reason – the San Francisco 49ers have the Los Angeles Rams number. That's now seven straight in the regular season. I'm sure the Rams, the one game they have won in the last eight, they don't mind it being the NFC Championship game uh, just last season. But San Francisco's defense just seems to have Sean McVay's number. Stafford was under pressure almost the entire night when they did have some drives. Uh, San Francisco's defense wouldn't allow him into the end zone, forcing only three Matt Gay field goals. And then on the other side, Jimmy G seems to play 
fairly well against what ought to be a tough defense for him uh, in the Rams with Ramsey and with Donald and Bobby Wagner now on that side. But Jimmy G kind of seems to have the formula to be able to to score just enough points and, and control the football against the Rams. And it happened again last night as San Francisco wins 24-9. to Is that just one of those kind of anomaly things? Or is, just, is there something about the schemes of the teams that allows the Rams uh, to not be able to to seem to have a way to beat the 49ers? A lot of familiarity, you know, with each other, being in, in the same uh, division and, and – playing each other a lot more than others and I think sometimes the coaching is just there's a lot of confidence there too and, and you have Jimmy G playing you know I, what I saw was they gave him a lot of um, opportunity as far as making high percentage throws and and letting those other playmakers do uh, what they do especially Debo so and, and it was in San Francisco but there's yeah I mean sometimes and then on the other side of it it's you know, maybe it's a mentality thing. L.A. came in and go, man, here we go again, going up against this team. Maybe they overdid it a little, uh, you know, at times. They got behind, and, and, and the rest is history. But sometimes just other teams have other teams' numbers. Like, I'm anxious to see, because recently Dallas has had success against Philadelphia. I'm anxious to see now that Philadelphia is looking like a top three, top two team in the league. Well, does that matter when Dallas comes to town or when they go to Dallas and then all of a sudden you got Dallas being – I mean, you know, it's just sometimes it just works out like that, especially with divisional rivals. Yeah, I think the division thing is true. And, and also when you think back where these two coaches came from together with each other in, in Washington before they spread their wings, so maybe that helps uh, Kyle Shanahan have a grasp of what McVay is doing because they have talked so much football in yep. their lives together. What is your top five? We're at the quarter pole, four weeks in. I mean, I, I get it. There's 17 weeks now, but uh, four games into what normally is a 16-week uh, season at the quarter pole, who do you have in your well, top five do, in the NFL? Okay, we're at this point now, right, where <laughs> wins and losses, I mean, conventional wisdom says put the undefeated teams up top, or now in this case the undefeated team up top. But I think that can be thrown out. I think we've seen enough. Uh, uh, of games to know who's good, who's not good. So with that being said, I put Kansas City at one. How they've looked, yes, they've lost a game, but how they looked recently and, and since then, uh, since that loss, they've looked very solid. They look like world title contenders once again. Then I follow it with Philly. I'll give them respect. Undefeated, Jalen Hurts looks really good. We'll talk about him coming up. And But are they a product of their schedule? You know, you got Lions, Vikings, Washington, yeah. Jaguars, are they just a product of their schedule or are they really good? We're about to find out with the next two uh, Cardinals and Cowboys. And, um, and, you know, then it gets a little further. You know, the NFS, NFC East doesn't look like too much like a slouch with the Giants playing better, uh, Cowboys doing what they're doing. Of course, Philly and Washington, they look like the worst team in that division, but they could have a pulse if uh, Wentz gets it together. Uh, I followed that up with the Bills. I think they bounced back nicely. I mean, they had they were in a hole and came back and, and won uh, last Sunday. Dolphins uh, at number four, and but that's questionable with Tua's health. We'll see. But there's you know they still have Tyreek and and a very good coach. I think I think Miami has a really good coach. And then I put Packers at my number five team, and that was really debatable for me between Dolphins and Packers because Packers are always going to be Packers with Aaron Rodgers, but. Um, Right now, that's where I see it uh, as uh, a little bit of what we've seen so far, how good I think they are now, maybe how good they think they could be towards the end of the season. That's how I kind of uh, tallied up my top five. How about you? Yeah, we're similar. I had Kansas City number one. 
Uh, it's hard not to think that after watching the way they dismantled Buffalo, or I'm sorry, uh, Tampa Bay on Sunday night football. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, we'll talk about him here in just a second, too. That guy has been awesome. I've actually got Buffalo at number two. Um, Buffalo's wins on the road at the Rams, on the road at the Ravens. Did lose down in Miami, but to me, Buffalo, um, that offense with Josh Allen, defensively, they've been really good. So I've got Buffalo at number two. I've got Philly at three, product of the schedule. You know, if they had beat a couple of different teams, a couple of better teams, yeah. really and truly, uh, we'll see what the Jags end up. The Vikings kind of teetering. So I don't, I don't even know if they beat a playoff team yet. So give me the Philly, uh, Philly at three. I've got Green Bay at four. And then I've got Baltimore at five. Baltimore is a team that really out of 4-0. Instead, they blow huge leads to Miami. Yeah. They blow that lead yeah. to uh, Buffalo this week. Uh, Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, uh, outside of that second half, he's been as good a player as there has been in the NFL. Uh, and then I got Miami just on the periphery. Uh, at, at, if there was a number six, I've got them there. Huge concern with Tua. Also receiving votes. That's what you're Pretty saying, much. telling me. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, MVP wise. Man, I'm sorry. How did we? How have we not talked about that wild ending to that that Saints Minnesota game? Did you see that? Oh, it's a double doink from 60 yards, 61 yards after Will Lutz had kicked a 60-yarder to tie it just like two minutes before. That was insane. That was the way – I mean, breakfast football and then it ends like that. I threw on my Cowboys jersey and hat and sat down in front of the TV and said, let's go. We're going to have a really good day of football today. I wish there was – there's a big part of me that wishes, that wishes there would be a game like that every Sunday and – it's next the Thursday night stuff because the Thursday night games are terrible. Yeah. The teams don't want to play. It's on a short week. That, yeah. that that experiment, and if we're really worried about player safety, that's a huge problem who was for who them to be playing on in, Thursday. Uh, the the pre, pregame show on Sunday night, uh, I forget who it was talking, but brought up a good point about Thursday night game. Do, are we questioning uh, player safety? That's something we need to question I mean, because it's quick turnaround. Obviously, two is what the the point of conversation was, but that's a good point. I mean, are, are we even paying attention? I mean, it's getting to the point of the no. Thursday night games aren't good. No, Thursday night games good. aren't good. They're very, very rarely do you They're have good, good for one team, the winner. That's about it. But is it? Then they got to turn around and play on a Sunday, sometimes at noon. Yeah, I don't like. I, it just doesn't seem like that experiment has worked out very well, no. a quality of play wise. All right, who's your MVP? You sticking with Josh Allen that you had in the regular season, or uh, somebody else kind of crept up the list? Well, I think if we're looking at a leader right now, I like Jalen Hurts. I think all of that talk of is he or is isn't he a NFL quarterback can be thrown out the window. The dude is good. Uh, from everything I've heard, and it shouldn't come to, to us as a shock, is that he is a workaholic when it comes to uh, live the little things of football. He wants to be a good NFL quarterback, and it's showing. So I'll put him right now as my number one guy, followed closely by Josh Allen. But I think at the end of the day, we, we, it could still be Josh Allen's award. But right I, now, I, I, I'm leaning hurt. So he's definitely inserted himself into this conversation. I think there's four that stand out above everybody. And it's Hurts, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, those guys have separated themselves uh, at a higher level than anybody else so far in the NFL season. So I don't know if there's a for sure leader right now. But to me, right, to me, one of those four has to be the choice. I feel like I'm putting him there. I feel like I'm talking to a therapist. Let me tell you how I feel, Aaron. I feel like I'm putting Hurts there because of – Philadelphia is the only undefeated team. Yeah. He's a big reason why. It's like an honorary award for him right now. 
until they get knocked off, and then we can start talking about those other three guys. Yeah, when you look at uh, Lamar, he was leading. Uh, he, he's leading in almost everything. You know, by the way, the fourth leading rusher in the league going into last week. So he's he's really started off with a bang. All right, you had Bills Rams right in the Super Bowl. Bills beating Rams was that your Super Bowl? Yes, I, I was. I had to go back. Would Usually you I have those change, notes on my other computer. Would you change your pick if you could right now, or will you stick with Bills Rams? Mm, I definitely will stick with the Bills. I'm sticking with them. They're going to have to take their lumps. Every NFL team does. Um, I I don't know uh, about the Rams. They did not look good last night, but it was against a team, like we said earlier, that they've always struggled with. I don't expect them to fall off. Although, if they cannot figure out a way to protect their quarterback, Parsons is going to have a day next week. Or, and uh, Quinn's going to have a day just figuring out different ways to send Parsons or, or use him as a decoy. It's going to be really interesting how that works out. Uh, I don't know. The NFC, I think, could be up for grabs. I I'm not 100% sure. I, 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 I'm not giving up on, on the Rams just yet. I almost went Chiefs-Niners back when I made the pick. Obviously, after last night, that looks pretty good. But I had Chiefs and Rams. I'm the same way. Like The, the Rams don't look – they look a little shaky. But I'm not willing to to put anybody. I don't trust Philly as a Super Bowl games. team. It's four games, you know. And so yeah. I don't I don't feel good enough about anybody else. Maybe the Packers, but man, that offense. Are we sure that it's going to have enough firepower? Tom Brady and the guys down down south in Tampa. Where are they at? Bury him. I just I I don't have a good sense of anybody besides the Rams to put there. So I'll I'll stick with. I love my cheese pick. And I'll stick with the Rams. I need to look at my because I went through the my playoff picks, my divisional winners, my wild card winners. I need to go back. I don't have it in front of me. I need to go back and look at that. I really should just print it off and carry it around. And because that's a big thing too, the home field advantage. That that's a big thing for me. And so seeing where it is right now, where it could end up, who has home field advantage moving forward, uh, could uh, alter my decision or change my opinion, I guess on who's going to be in the Super Bowl. But I'll stick with those two. It's still early for me to change. I'm not going to change it just yet. I'm not going to be too reactionary. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll have uh, Canute Trojanette head coach J.W. Gillette on with us to talk about the Canute's game coming up in the Class A Fast Pitch State Tournament uh, and all kinds of different things as well with Coach Gillette. All right, we're hanging out at Janice's Cafe on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll tell you about Paul Jones Drug as well as we move along throughout the show today. Skinny on Sports on the road at Janice's. Come back right here on 98.1 FM at the Sports Inn. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal hanging out at Janice's Cafe, 2103 South Main here in Elk City, Suite A. It's the furthest east of the businesses in the strip mall out by the movie theater. 
Uh, it's great food, full menu all day. We'll tell you all about Janice's and their special coming up here at lunch. Please be joined now by the head coach of the Canute Trojanettes. It's Mr. J.W. Gillette. J.W., how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. We're doing good. Hey, uh, you know, you're you're obviously a name that everybody's used to being in the state tournament, but on a different uh, field. Uh, what is What has been the change uh, with you, and how much different has it been taking the girls on the fast pitch side of things versus uh, the way that you were in the, the fall baseball and the spring baseball state championships over the, at Canute for the past few years? Oh, man, it's been great. You know, the, the, the players have been incredibly welcoming, the parents, administration, the town. I mean, it's just it couldn't have been a better transition for me and my family. Yeah, Coach, it's been um, interesting to watch uh, at going – I mean – I was interested to see how that would work going from baseball to softball, and a lot would say, oh, no, no, it's it's simple, it's real easy, the the games are similar, but I could tell you being a girl dad, it's not that similar. I played baseball in high school, and then after watching my kid play here early on, and there's some differences there. Was that a, was there a little bit of transition there, or uh, uh, was it pretty seamless for you? Oh, well, I think any time you, you, you make a change, there's always going to be a transition. Um, you know the transition. It's been, it's been, it's been good. I mean, it, you're right. It is different um, in in the fact that you know just everything is just done so short. I mean, it, it, the bases are shorter. The yeah. you know it's 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 fast. I'll <laughs> leave it at that. It's fast. <laughs> that's what makes the game so much fun to watch. You know, it's what me and Aaron have always said. I love it. I love watching the softball, fast pitch softball, especially you know at at the level like OU plays and then and then your girls and uh let's talk about your season how it's how it's gone so far uh you got a great pitcher and Taylor Butler but it's not just her you got a lot of uh a lot of girls that can swing the bat and play defense for you kind of break it down for me tell me about uh, your personnel that you got going for you this year well like you said um you know it all kind of starts with Taylor I mean she's been she's been pretty dominant um especially here the last last couple of weeks she tweaked her ankle I don't know, about two weeks ago and took a week off and that's kind of been the best thing for her just to be able to rest up and, and, uh, and be able to finish strong, uh, behind the plate. Uh, we've been playing Madison church, uh, left-handed hitter, hits in a cleanup spot for us. She's, she's just been great. Uh, over at first base, uh, Emily Cantwell, um, has just been a great glove and a good stick for us all year long. And then we've got uh senior Jake Gray at second base. She's, she's hitting the three hole for us and, She's kind of protected Taylor and Kylie all all year long, and you know it's made it been, it's made it hard for people to pitch around uh, those two because seems like every time she gets up, she hits a, a rocket somewhere. Um, and then Kylie Smith hits lead off for us, plays shortstop. Um, you know what 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 can you say about Kylie? Already been said, um, and just an unbelievable player um, at third base. Uh, freshman Destiny Jackson. Uh, hitting eight hole for us and just came up with with timely hits all year long and she's a really really good athlete uh in left field uh kim harris we call her superwoman because it seems like every time somebody hits the ball out there she just runs goes and runs and lays out and catches it. it's pretty awesome to watch uh center field uh malia degarmo has been just just a steady constant force for us all year long out there and then in right field, uh, Kendall, Kendall Schuster uh, is a freshman, and she's done nothing but hit when we've needed her to hit. And she's come up with big hits all year long against Arapaho, against Shadatic, 
uh, with the game on the line. And, you know, we're, we're looking forward for the opportunity to go play Caddo on Thursday night. You know, Coach, it seems like you guys have an interesting mix on, on both the baseball and the softball with a bunch of seniors, but also uh, you have some freshmen out there. How much has it helped to have Kylie and Taylor and Jade helping those young freshmen out as the season has moved along? Oh, I mean, those, those old, older girls have been instrumental to the to the younger girls, you know, growth and, and success that they're having right now, just being able to talk them through situations and, and just kind of kind of be their support system and is – those freshmen have played played great was there a point in your year where you were kind of you, you, you maybe the the point where okay we are really good this is this is the, this is a team that's going to build and build and build and, and maybe even be a, a true contender to make it into the state tournament was there, there was that turning point or that uh, little stretch where you were like hmm everything's working well and it's actually kind of the opposite our second game of the year where we, we play by side and they just they, they they beat us really really bad, <laughs> and and from that point forward, you know we we had a good talk and, and our message was we just can't ever quit, and we got down against Shattuck, who's in the state tournament and who's a favorite to to possibly win it, and we got down nine nothing and we battled back and we tied it, um, we ended up getting beat next inning, um, but you know what. Well, when you're able to to come back from nine runs, somebody who's really really good, you know that kind of kind of gives you the idea that that, that you got a chance if you can just clean up a few things. And our defense has been really really good over the past two weeks, and we look forward for that to continue here going into Thursday night. It's funny how losses can turn a season around as opposed to wins too. Let's talk. You mentioned Caddo. You got Caddo coming up on Thursday night in the Class A state tournament over there at ASA. Uh, they look really good, uh, I think, without looking one loss on the year. Um, but I think uh, from what I've heard, uh, that Taylor might be a better pitcher, but uh, what's it going to take to take down uh, the number one Caddo Lady Bruins? Well, you got to go in and you got to have confidence that you can win first and foremost. Um, you got to make every routine play, and, and you got you got to get hits with two outs. And that's kind of been our, our, our message all postseason long was, you know, two out hitting, two out hitting, two out hitting. And uh, we, we've been pretty successful, and we look forward to that, that continuing. Yeah, you guys are undefeated in the playoffs. Um, and it hasn't just been – Taylor's been good on the mound, but also the bats have really come alive. Uh, is that what, what has clicked in, in the, the, uh, the batter's box for your girls here in the last couple of weeks once the district tournament started? Well, I, th- I think they're just trying to, trying to get the next hitter up. And I think when that's your philosophy offensively, you know, you're looking for your pitch early, but also if they're not around the zone, you know, you're taking and you're trusting uh, that girl behind you. And we've, we've been pretty successful doing that. So, yeah, I was kind of hoping you'd save some runs in that Thomas game for the state tournament. My <laughs> 40 runs. That was just a, a marathon and look at the, the box score on that one was, was crazy, but yeah, it was, it was nice to get them all at home. I, did you like that? I mean, to, to uh, get all those playoff games at home. Oh, absolutely! Anytime you can play in front of our fans with with tons of people and golf carts and and all kinds of good stuff going on over there, it was it was pretty exciting to be able to do it in front of our hometown fans. My final question, and we're going to have uh, Coach Varnell on tomorrow. My final question: You know, he got in the state too. He's continuing that that tradition uh, of uh, good baseball over there in Canute. What's your advice to him? This is his first uh, 
first uh, taste of a state tournament. What's your advice to the to the new head coach on the other side? Oh God, you got to go out and you got to enjoy it. You know, it's it's it, it's hard to get there, and um, anytime you can get there, it's a it's a cause for celebration, and you know, you, you enjoy enjoy every chance you get. All right, my last one. If I said, Coach Gillette, your girls have to do one thing in order to be in the game and maybe upset Caddo, what would be that one thing? I would say hit with runners in scoring position. All right, man. Hey, good luck. Congratulations on your first <laughs> season uh, as the fast pitch coach over at Canute. I'm sure there will be a whole bunch more state tournaments uh, that we'll be able to speak with you with uh, about with you. Uh, so good luck on Thursday, and uh, we'll definitely be watching. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Coach. Head Coach J.W. Gillette. Thank you. Thank you very much, J.W. Gillette of the Canute Trojanettes. You know, they, it's, it's funny you said that because early on it, it felt like they had a little bit of a, a struggle mm-hmm. to start. That's, yeah, I remember that Viceside game. We were there. Uh, it was at the Elk City Festival. That's right. And we were, we were kind of hopping, and I was hopping back and forth getting the Elk City broadcast going and course, I have an invested interest in Canute watching what happened over there. But he mentioned the Shattuck game, too. They got down 9 nothing, came back, forced extra innings, ultimately lost. But it is funny how losses can motivate a team. Mm-hmm. Like, look, we were right there. We were that close to taking down a, a, a title-contending team in Shattuck. And that they, it did kind of springboard their season. And especially when the, when the game goes like that, after the Visay loss was 14-2, to then just a little bit later on, and not even a week later, I guess, in the season, you're down 9 nothing, and things are kind of going just completely the wrong way. And then you battle back, and, and you kind of te- you, you see with your own eyes, you know right. what? We're just as good as that team. That team's supposed to be in the state tournament. So can we. And so from that point on, it feels like uh, the Trojanettes, you know, there's been some losses here and there, but sure. there, there hadn't been kind of that lull like there was to start the season. Uh, with the with the Elk City Festival and then and up there at Leedy in that tournament is when that Shattuck game happened. Uh, so uh, good luck to Coach Gillette. You know it's obvious he knows what he's doing after what he did on the baseball side of things at Canute and then first year in fast pitch being able to take the Trojanettes to the state tournament. Um, you know that it's uh, probably no shouldn't be any any sort of surprise uh, that they're having success over there in Canute. Also here on the text line, like to wish good luck to Coach Walker or Coach Baker and her little sister, Addison Walker, and the Whitesboro Lady Bulldogs in the Class B Fast Pitch State Tournament. Saw that. Saw that. Yeah. We're friends on Facebook, so I've been seeing the updates on that one. That's pretty cool. Who is it? Coach Baker? Yeah. Um, Peyton Baker? Oh, okay. Okay. Formerly Walker. See, I, yeah. I'm not thinking about yeah, yeah. I'm not thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, her, her name being Baker. I got you. Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, I got you. But over there in Whites- Whitesboro, at Whitesboro, getting in the class. Whitesboro's pit. way over there on the other side of the that state. That is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that is a lot of trees over there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a southeast uh, area. I, I'm not sure if it's McCurtain County, but if not, it's pretty dang close. It's that that area right there. See, to me, there, there's a there's a big part of me that considers once you get like south of I-40 and west of I-35. Isn't that whole thing like McCurtain County? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. It's. I've always said this. It's weird when, I, you know, we're so used to driving. We drive a lot going to basketball games and football games out here in western Oklahoma. And, you know, you can get on a highway and go straight with barely turning the wheel unless you're turning at an intersection. Oh, to my go, gosh. It's to go. southeast of Tallahena. Yeah, it's out there. Whoa. Yeah. 
you get like you, that area you describe. You're twisting and turning and going through trees. You don't know what's coming around the next turn, and then you don't understand why is it taking me two hours to drive thirty miles. Yeah, there's no straight line. <laughs> there's no straight roads. Yeah, uh, to Whitesboro. Yeah, beautiful uh, country though. I love that area down there. That Beaver's Bend area. Yeah, it's beautiful country. Congratulations, to Coach Baker. Yep. All right, so at the, the Class A, let's read off the, the bracket because it came out after uh, we were off the air yesterday. We'll go in chronological order. The first game in Class A at the OG&E Energy Field at Hall of Fame Stadium. 11 o'clock in the morning, it will be Ripley versus Arapahoe Butler. I believe that's number two versus number seven in Class A. So Ripley versus Arapahoe Butler, followed by number three and number six at 130 at Surreal and Red Oak. Then at 4 o'clock, the 4-5 matchup of Shattuck and Sterling. And then that 1-8 matchup at 6.30, the last game of the night, is Canute and Caddo. Class B. Let's see, I had it pulled up. So Class B, at 11 o'clock, Moss and Tupelo. At 1.30, Roth and Kiowa. At 4 o'clock, Boswell and Calumet. And then Buffalo Valley. Oh, that's the baseball. I got the wrong one. Oh. I clicked on the baseball. I was like, wait a minute. Well, Whitesboro's not in there. There, there we, we go. go. There we are. Because uh, I was looking for Lakiba Sickles. Yeah. Lakeba Le- Sickles. 11 o'clock, it's Kiowa and Stewart. Lakiba plays Moss at 130. 4 o'clock, Buffalo Valley and Tupelo. And then Whitesboro takes on number one, Turner, at 630. Oops. Very good. A lot of good softball. I like how they, how they um, use ASA Hall of Fame Stadium. And it's complex for all those. It's kind of like the big house of softball. Yeah, and then on, then on Saturday, the baseball will be at uh, Bricktown. Bricktown Ballpark. Yep. Speaking of, let's go through the baseball. Go to the baseball. Yeah, let's go to the baseball. We will have uh, Coach Farnell on tomorrow from, from Canute. Uh, they got the unenviable task at 11 o'clock in the morning out at UConn to face Silo, number one Silo, who uh, the Rebels had their 59-game winning streak, I believe, snapped by Roth just about a month ago, uh, but still Silo and Canute will be there at 11. Amber Pocasset and Oktaha at 1.30. 4 o'clock game is Dale and Rattan, and the 6.30 game is Bing and Worcester. That's in the Class A Fall Baseball State Tournament. Class B will feature Moss and Tupelo at 11. I already read this one off. 1.30 is Kai Juan Roth. <laughs> uh, good luck with Roth. 4 o'clock, yeah. Boswell and Calumet. And then Fort Cobb, Broxton, and Buffalo Valley. I wouldn't mind seeing a Fort Cobb Calumet semifinal. I'm telling and you. And then the winner play, facing Roth. Calumet, keep an eye on them. They've played some good baseball this year. And of course, Fort Cobb's Fort Cobb. They're, they're always good. And then we also have a 4A regional fast that, pitch action. That came out after it we It came went out off yesterday. Air. Yeah. After we just right as we went off air, we saw that bracket pop up. Of course, Clinton and Elk City are in the same regional after the, the Lady Reds were able to win their play-in series over a class in SAS. It's going to be down at Lone Grove. So at noon, according to this schedule, at noon it'll be Lone Grove and, and uh, Clinton, followed by Elk City and Chickasha. We've seen those two teams play right out here at the festival to, to start the season. Uh, the Elkettes got past Chickasha that day. It was a pretty good game. Um, once Chickasha, they started with one pitcher, the Elkettes shelled her. They brought in another one, and... Uh, that girl yeah. really kind of had a beat on what the Elkettes were trying to do with the plate for a while, and then Elk City exploded and ended the game. But uh, So Lone Grove, Clinton, Elk City, and Chickasha. Elkettes and Chickasha at 2 o'clock. 
uh, other teams from around the area. Weatherford's hosting. Uh, they'll get Elgin at noon on Thursday. The other two there are Plainview and Perkins Tryon. Uh, so a good chance for the Lady Eagles to make it to the 4A state tournament out of their own at their own ballpark. Tuttle is will play Newcastle at two o'clock. They're at Tecumseh, same place Oak City went last year. Oh, okay. Uh, so Tecumseh is the defending 4A champion. Uh, they get Marlowe first. Tuttle and so Tuttle and Tecumseh in the same regional. That means one pretty good team maybe eliminate well, yeah. will, will be eliminated yeah. before the state tournament happens. Yeah. So you got that Tri-City rival for right Absolutely. there, and you never know what how things might shake down, shake out down Lone Grove. You got a I-40 rivals might be playing each other, <clears throat> depending on how things work out. Yeah, it'd be nice if uh, Elk City and Clinton were playing at six o'clock and not four o'clock <laughs> for the winners' game and not the losers' game. Hey, it is a Tuesday. That means it's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Rodney Skinner, a good buddy down there at Paul Jones Drug, eight o nine North Main Street in Elk City. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust with uh, delivery in the Elk City area. Uh, it's free delivery in the Elk City area. They're the oldest compounding pharmacy right here in Elk City. Free local delivery, drive-through pickup, uh, long-term long-term care unit packaging. That's those blister packs that they have for the long-term care, and also convenience packaging, individual pack packaging every daily meds. What does that mean? It means you don't have to have the big plastic pill container with the days on the front, and you got to load it up every week and make sure you've got the right dosage and the right pills and all that stuff going on. No, 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 no. You don't have to do that. At Paul Jones Drug, they will package those individually for your daily medications. So uh, easily, uh, just easy. Rip it off, take them, throw it away at Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main. We're hanging out at Janice's Cafe, 2103 South Main Street here in Elk City. Uh, looking at the menu, there's taco salad for the Tuesday special. You can get the whole menu all day right here at Janice's Cafe, 2103 South Main, Suite A. In Elk City. We're going to take a break. When we come back, hit some college football, rank some teams, talk about the big game in Dallas, game up in Stillwater as well. Uh, see if you want to change your Big 12 championship game pick with, with what's happened through the first couple of weeks of conference play. And also, before we get out of here, we're going to have to mention what happened at Lake Erie with the craziness on the walleye trail. Skinny on sports from Janice's right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Mock. Yeah. Ing. Yeah. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports on the road today at Janice's Cafe, 2103 South Main here in Elk City. The Tuesday lunch special will be taco salad, but they serve their full menu all day long. That means if you want to omelet at night for breakfast for dinner you can have that or if you want a burger for breakfast you can do that as well serving the full menu all day at Genesis Cafe fresh and healthy country cooking right here at 2103 South Main in Elk City also this is a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday thank you to Rodney Skinner at Paul Jones Drug care you can trust right here in the Elk City area we mentioned some of the medical stuff that they do also awesome gifts awesome greeting cards uh, most insurances are accepted 
down there at Paul Jones Drug. Durable medical equipment, which is the walkers, the canes, the crutches. Man, they've got it all. They've got all the medical stuff. They've got all your, your gifts and your greeting cards uh, down there. 809 North Main, Paul Jones Drug, right here in Elk City. All right, college football time. I was taking a gander at the Western Oklahoma Realty College pick'em list for this week. Hope you like Big 12, or I hope you have a pulse on what the Big 12 is doing against the spread because four of the matchups in this week's Western Oklahoma Realty College pick'em are coming out of the Big 12. Obviously, uh, you've got uh, the Red River uh, rivalry, Red River shootout down in Dallas, Farmageddon. Is this week, Kansas State and Iowa State. <laughs> also, the OSU-Texas Tech game. And then, finally, uh, where game day will be with TCU up in Lawrence, Kansas, against the Jayhawks. Uh, so, uh, all kinds of Big 12 games on the plate this week in the Western Realty College Pick'em Contest. Our man Tyler Harrison, Robbie Allen, and all the gang at Western Oklahoma Realty. People before property is their motto. It's also the group's motto. Um, mentioned Andy Peffer. Tied for the lead again. But just lurking one game back is a host of people, including yours truly. So it's it's bunched at the top, just uh, missing Atha uh, up there at the top. But there's still plenty of time to get on a heater and be able to catch up in this uh, Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick'em. Okay, Jared, who all who who is going to play for the Sooners this week? Any idea? I think we might get a little bit of a glimpse into that with Brent Venable's press conference coming up here this afternoon. But uh, yesterday, Jeff Levy. Pretty, uh, pretty coy and not tipping his hand as far as who are the guys on the offense that were banged up a little bit in, la- in last week's game against TCU. You know, who are those guys that uh, will not be there, maybe will, maybe won't. He, he left that up to his head coach to talk about today. So, you know, obviously there, there's a, a worst-case scenario out there that some of the guys, Theo Weiss went off, Eric Gray went off, obviously Dylan Gabriel at the top of mind, along with a couple of the offensive linemen. I mean, it could be a walking mash unit down there in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday for the Oakland offense. Well, even if they could play, would it matter? Um, when they were on the field, it wasn't like they were lighting up the scoreboard, especially early in games. So does it? that's where I'm kind of at a, at a wash of it. And like, well... Does it matter? Your pessimism has reached a brand new, uh, an all-time high on the show as it goes in regards to OU football. You scored one touchdown against Kent State <laughs> in the first half. <laughs> they played catch-up. They never led Kansas State. Played catch-up the entire time. And of course, we know what happened last week when they were healthy. So I just, I'm just not uh, too optimistic right now. So does it matter? How about? Do, are we watching the future, or are we just watching a bunch of? Um, um, I tell you, no, nah, I'm not going to say it. No, go ahead. Fire well, Reed, off. Reed Lindsay might play. Who knows? I, well, <laughs> it's just it, I'm sorry. It's just uh, it's not a it's not a good time right now, Norman, uh, because of injuries and everything we've mentioned. I, I'm just and I'm surprised the spread's five and a half. Oh, it's going up. I don't expect it to. Not, I mean, I expect it to. It's what would be. Let me ask you this, uh, because yeah, your pessimism is is up there. So what would be – how high would this spread have to be for you to walk up to the window in Vegas and bet OU? How many points would you have to get on Saturday in order to bet OU? Somewhere 
in the three touchdown range. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. So if I gave you say twenty two, you would you would take OU. Because rivalry games are weird. We've seen bad OU teams compete in these games. We've seen bad Texas team win win and compete in these games. So I, that's why it's that's where I would go. I you can almost flip a coin. I think Texas is going to win. Um, but I it, I can see, I can see OU keeping it close for a half just because it's a rivalry game. I mean, that, how's that for optimism? Can can you build? A scenario in your mind right now in which the Sooners actually win this game. The, how, how can you construct that in your mind? That may be, need okay. to be your homework for it, unless you can just do it right here on the fly. Okay. Let me think about this. This is how it can be done. Um, Texas bus breaks down. <laughs> now and listen. The, with the first string on it, the second string shows up, who's still better than OU. And um, it takes them a little bit to get acclimated. And then once uh, once we go to half and OU's up like twenty one to twenty, then the be- the bus is fixed and Ewers and the re- and Robinson show up and and then the rest is history. Yeah, see, so I think be, this is going to be a. Bad I think game. this is a total ploy. I don't think you believe any of this. I think you were trying to reverse jinx this game with all I'm, the powers I'm going that through, you have. What is the process of mourning? The there's like seven. The twelve stages of grief. Yeah, I'm going through it right now. I'm getting close to acceptance that OU's not going to win a game rest this year. Oh, I feel like you're there. Yeah. I I mean, I I think at some point here you're going to start going around telling people you're sorry for thinking they should be in the playoff. Is that that's one of the steps, isn't it? Oh well, maybe a little. And anger's in there too, right? So I'm a little angry that I I put some faith in them. But um, (laughs) if you're googling it. Yeah. You're Googling it. I feel like a Nebraska fan right now, I think. Good thing that game was played early in the season. Yeah, yeah number eight, grief makes people angry. Uh, well, there's stages to it, and I've gone through a lot of them. I think we'll know a little bit more today as far as the OU side, who who might be available uh, yeah. to play on Saturday. Here's, wait, a, here's wait, a question for Texas. Do you think Texas. we'll know? And seriously, seriously. Not a quarterback. Think, do you think we'll know, or do you think we'll get a bunch of – Mm. You know, uh, a bunch of uh, runaround from Venables because of the game and the week, and you don't want to give too, you don't want to tip your hand too much, right? You know, I I don't know. I that's that's a you know he's been involved in this game, and he and he's been involved in other great rivalry games too. So I I don't know how um what well, what we will really know after today's press conference of who's available and who's not. Yeah, and it's only Tuesday. I don't think quarterback you'll know. I don't think you'll know who's going to play quarterback until they walk out there. Did you see the video? Did you see the, the amateur video of Gabriel? Not in pads, but wearing a blue jersey and basically going through walkthrough. Yeah, and we won't know until they walk out Saturday. <laughs> that, might be the tr- that might be the case. Do they play Nick Evers? If Gabriel can't go. Hearing he's not ready. Okay. I'm sure you've heard that too. Yeah. Davis Bevel isn't ready either. Well, yeah. (laughs) Surely to goodness he's not that bad. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Okay. So I I get the sense that you would, if I gave you the opportunity to change your Big 12 title game pick, you would be more than happy to do that. Keep an OSU in there. Okay. Who would you put in to play the the Cowboys? I think Baylor runs the rest of the table and and gets in. So we'll get a rematch. So Baylor 
in Oklahoma State. Yep. How about you? I think if it were me, I had Bedlam as the uh, as the matchup. Mm-hmm. I think I would put Texas there. I think it'd be Oklahoma State and Texas. I really wish they wouldn't have dropped that game out at Tech because yeah, it kind of takes it takes yeah. the mulligan away a little bit. But with the way that this conference is, outside of OSU right now, it doesn't look like anybody is head and shoulders or even head above any anybody else. Everybody's kind of in the same boat mm-hmm. um, and, and levels of good. So I wish they didn't have that game, but I also think a two-loss team is going to be there. Uh, so uh, they can even suffer one more, I think. And still, if it's the right combination of wins and losses with the tiebreakers and all that, I still think they can make it. So I would right now I'd pick Oklahoma State and Texas to be the Big 12 title game. Yeah, give me I your, can see it. Give me your top ten around the country. I'll go ten to one. I'm keeping Kentucky in there because they, they played a good game against a good uh, Ole Miss team. I put Utah at nine. Oh, really? Yeah. You got there on the same wavelength as me. Okay, and then I put Ole Miss. I put Ole Miss in my top ten uh, at number eight. OSU, there you are at number seven. Clemson still hovering around that top five area. I put them at six. I did put USC at five. Michigan at four. Ohio State three. Georgia two. Bama one. Okay, so if Georgia I... had not struggled. They've struggled the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Given up a lot of points against Kent State. Had to come behind to beat a, a not a good Missouri team. In Columbus, I, Bama, I know there's some questions there at quarterback, but I I like Bama's. Uh, I think they're better looking right now than Georgia. All right, so I've got Penn State at ten. The two that I have just outside the top ten are USC and Kentucky. I really wanted to keep Kentucky, but uh, Penn State. And, and here's the thing about Penn State: we're going to find out about them because of their schedule. They yeah. play dudes and they play teams. I still can't figure them we'll out. Figure them out. Um, so I got them at ten. I do have Utah at nine as well. Uh, I think the Utes are the best one-loss team in the country, and I don't even think it's all that close. And to me, right now, if they played on a neutral side, I've got Utah beating USC. They do play in Salt Lake City, uh, so I think that could eliminate the Trojans. So I've got Utah at nine. I've got Tennessee at eight with the volunteers uh, needing to get past LSU and Death Valley this week to set up the Titanic matchup with Alabama uh, coming up uh, on the 15th. I've got Ole Miss at seven after that win over Kentucky. Oklahoma State six. Clemson number five. Clemson and DJ Uyangalele all of a sudden looking like the quarterback we thought he might be as opposed to the one that we saw most of last year. So Clemson five, Michigan four. I've got Georgia three. Uh, the struggle with Kent State and then the, the almost losing that game on the road to Missouri uh, puts them down. I've got Bama at two, concerns about Bryce Young, uh, and also a little bit defensively. And I've got Ohio State number one. Uh, mm. To me, the, the Buckeyes yeah, have, have been really, really, really good. Uh, so give me Ohio State at number one for right now. But that top three, pretty fluid, depending on who who plays well week in and week out, yeah, who they look, beat, you yeah. know, and that kind of thing. I, I think uh, those three are clearly on one level. We'll see how close Michigan and Clemson and Oklahoma State are to that to, to trying to creep up into that level. But right now, um, those three look like not necessarily a lock for the for the playoff because lots of things can happen. But as far as the best teams, I think those three, it's one of those three. And then there's a pretty pretty sizable step down uh, to, to where Michigan's at. Maybe. Michigan yeah, would be the one that could, know, the, could creep into that group. Right. That top three reigns pretty solid for the for the playoff in Bama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Then there's always that talk of who's going to be that fourth team. i tell you whose chances keep getting better and better, especially after that win last week, is Oklahoma State. No doubt about it. Uh, and, 
you know, they were, when we go back and look at our preseason predictions, I had Utah in the playoff, and I had Utah in over Oklahoma State as one lost conference champ because of Utah's win at Florida. Florida. Guess what? They didn't get that win at Florida. So now that, you know, that chip that would have gone Utah's way and that argument, the possibility later on down the line against OSU is gone. But go back to what you just said about the Big 12 and how they all yes. – no one looks like like world beaters, They some good teams, some bad teams, some mediocre teams. OSU cannot afford what is sometimes called a good loss because a loss to, say, oh, shoot, an OU. Well, does, is that a good loss of the season? Not necessarily. Not right now it's not. No. But here, here's something that Oklahoma State's going to have at their advantage that we didn't really think they might have going into the season. They've got a chance to get a whole bunch of ranked wins. True. They got one against Baylor. You look at Kansas, Kansas State, TCU are ranked. I think Texas and Baylor are teams that can get back in there if Oklahoma State goes on a run. Or if I'm sorry, if Oklahoma would go on a run and turn things around, you, you know that with that name, people are just waiting to rank them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's still a, a month and a half before that game would happen. Uh, and so Oklahoma State, is there, that strength of schedule that we thought might be a detraction early on in the season or preseason because of the conference's lack of strength, uh, the Big 12 is better than I think almost anybody thought it would be. Maybe not at the very, very top, but all the way down through the conference, there's going to be quality wins throughout the season, throughout the schedule for Oklahoma State. So I think you make a great point there uh, that they'll, you know, you think about what Clemson's got. They won those two ranked games the last couple of weeks, but then who's left? Yeah. You know, things drop off pretty dramatically, whereas yeah. OSU's going to have to continue to beat good teams, maybe even ranked teams, right. as they move along throughout the schedule. Okay, so did you see? Wrap it up here from yeah, Genesis had- with, the, with the final story. Oh, here you go. Michigan and Tennessee, both teams I'm curious about. Yeah, I'm, uh, text line I'm with high Billy. on Tennessee. If I'm doing the receiving votes thing, I'm Tennessee might be my number 11 team. Sure. Well, here's the thing. We'll find out about Tennessee this week at Death Valley against LSU, yeah. an LSU team that we le- I left for dead clear back in the at the Superdome first week after they lost that game to Florida State. Yeah. Since then, they've kind of turned things around, haven't looked just great, but they have been able to win games. And so, you know, LSU, I think I found that they were in the poll this week um, at number 25 in one of the two polls. So that's a – Yeah, they could be sneaking around. It can be right there. So getting a win, anytime you win at LSU, it feels like it's a bigger thing than maybe it should be because of, of how – All the talk was 12 years ago, Tennessee felt did you like see they that? were robbed. Did you see that final? Well, they weren't robbed. They screwed themselves. Oh. You see how it happened? Okay, so Vaguely it's, remember. it's 14, 14 to 10 yeah. with 30 seconds left. LSU is on about the Tennessee two-yard line, two or three, down there close, uh-huh. trying to punch it in, but they have to have a touchdown. They don't have any timeouts. They snap it. I think it's back when Justin Jefferson was the quarterback. He tries to run it in. He gets tackled on the two. So then everybody's in scramble mode. LSU's running personnel on the field, off the field. Tennessee's running on the field, off the field. They get the play snapped with about three seconds left. Uh, Jefferson's in the shotgun. It's a bad snap. Tennessee covers it. Game over. Except Tennessee had 12 dudes on the field. Oh, right. So that penalty, they got an untimed down. LSU scores a touchdown uh, to win the game 12 (laughs) years ago. That's right. uh, When Tennessee, you know who the coach of Tennessee was back then? Oh, man. 
No, they've gone through so many in 12 years. Derek, Derek Dooley. Dooley, that's Derek right. Derek Dooley Derek. thought he had his signature win down at Baton Rouge. Instead, an embarrassing flub with 12 mm, guys yeah. out on the field. Yeah. Okay, did you see the story from yes. Lake Erie? Well, I saw the video. I didn't read a story about it, but I guess a fishing competition with some controversy at Lake Erie. And we've seen the video uh, when they weigh in the walleye. They weigh them in. Of course, the fish with, that weighs the most or the most. Uh, yeah, there's five fish. Five fish. Throw your five biggest fish out there. The cumulative weight, the most wins, right? That's correct. Okay. And these two guys had been Jake Runyon and Chase Kaminsky. Okay. They had been uh, there had been some rumblings in the walleye circuit that they might have been cheating for a while. Both of them. Uh, yeah, there's a two team. guys. There's a, a team. team as a duo. Yes, okay. Yes. And so, at the end of the tournament this time, after months of suspicion, the tournament director of the uh, Lake Erie Walleye Trail Fishing Tournament, Mr. Jason Fisher, decided we're going to settle this once and for all. So when when those two guys turned in their their five walleye limit, Mr. Fisher cut into one, and when he cut into one, he found weights, lead weights, lead weights in that, the belly of these walleye. Oh boy! So then he proceeded to continue to cut into the other four. Guess what else he found? Uh, well, fillets. Yes, they were wrapping some of the weights in fillets from other fish right to almost simulate to, eggs or something where it wouldn't be so hard right to disguise it to I disguise guess. it yeah what's amazing to me is how this was a lot this apparently this has been going on for a while now right how much money have they won how much is they yeah how much have they won how much have they cost everybody else and, and but but more importantly than that you know fishermen anybody that's a fisherman yeah how are they getting away with this? I don't know. Because it's like eight pounds worth on five fish. When, when you go out with dudes that know how to fish and they see them catch, catch one, yeah. if you ask them how much that thing weighed, they could get it within like a couple of ounces. Exactly. I mean, these dudes were doing Even like before a, they pull out of the water, like, oh, this oh, one feels like oh, it's, it's a five-pounder. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. And then when you see it, they hold it, like, oh, yeah, it's 5'3". And then you, may, you weigh it, it'd be and, like 5'2 yeah. or 5'4", or they'd hit it right on the head. How are, they, how are these other guys letting these guys get away? It's like a pound and a half of fish. I don't know. Yeah. But then, I mean, again, the one is that eight goes, inches, and all of a sudden back, it's 20 pounds. Yeah, it goes back to suspicion. Like, there was a suspicion of it, right? Like there, other fishermen like, wait, that doesn't sound right. That fish doesn't look like it weighs that much. That's it. And, and, and there's that suspicion just kind of hovering around them all this time. And then somebody said, okay, well, let's just find out. Yeah, and they found out. Jason Fisher decided, you know what? I don't, I don't think that that, that doesn't weigh that much. The video, look at those fish, and then yeah. oh, the video. Yeah, we can't play it because we're not sure if it's edited. But the video is is man. I mean, they stood there and took it. The one guy did. Yeah. Just stood there and took it in shame. You just—that's what we need. We need that sounder. Shame. 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 Yeah. Jason Fisher <laughs> screamed out, "We got weights and fish!" And then he started tearing into the other ones. And uh, yeah, the one guy—I guess you got to give him credit for uh, either either Runyon or Kaminsky. I think it was Jake Runyon because I think I remember him t- calling Jake. Like, "Come on, Jake, you cheating!" You know. Yeah. 
all kinds of names that yeah. we can't say on the radio. Yeah. But yeah, an edge seven pounds. Yeah. Extra. Crazy. In this. Shame. There yeah. we go. And he took it as they cut the fish. I mean, here's the problem. What else could he do? He couldn't do anything. No, everybody knows your name. Everybody knows they were your fish. So I guess give him credit for sticking around. And and, but now, now what's the repercussions? Is he banned? I mean, it sounds like because the fishing world is serious when it comes, especially competitive fishing. Could he be banned like for life? I from, saw from competing in during these the video. A bunch of the people that were sitting around there were wanting him to. Uh, they're like call the cops to go to jail. Yeah, they're call the cops, call the cops. They're they're yeah they're ready to tar and feather the guy. But and seriously though, <laughs> did, he, did he have to walk naked through the village? Also, I think he might have. We we don't have while video holding, of, while holding the while fish. holding yeah. while holding the weights and the yeah. fish in his hands. <laughs> I don't I don't have video evidence of that, but I'm afraid that it might have happened. Yeah. Insane. See, here's the thing. It's not the first time. No, uh, I've heard of this. They I've were disqualified. These, oh, these, these guys. Oh, they were disqualified from a big tournament last year after one of the the one of those two guys failed a polygraph test. Who knew they had lie detector tests at fishing? <laughs> Was that in the bait house or something? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, oh, man. Over seven pounds difference. That's how many. That's how much uh, fillets and weights they put into these fish. Goodness. Wow. Anyhow. Wow. See, kids. Cheaters never win, and nope. winners never cheat. Nope. Eventually, right. you're going to get caught if you continue to cheat. You will eventually get caught. It's just going to happen. You know who? You know who? Most of the time, who catches you? Your own guilt. Yeah, I don't think that happened to these guys. No, I know, but sometimes most you just the guilt, and they're just I can't do it anymore. When you look at, uh, if you go look at this video, he wasn't Jake wasn't feeling guilty whatsoever. <laughs> that dude had the big old smile on his face, like yeah, we won again, and then it just turned to absolute sadness. Yep. When that first weight. Wow. <laughs> wow. Talk about being caught red-handed. <laughs> Sam is exactly right. What's that? All fishermen are liars except for you guys and us. <laughs> or you guys and me. Everybody else is liars yeah, about right. uh, about fishing. There's no doubt about that. Do you lie when you fish? I don't fish very often, so I don't, I don't need either. a lie. I don't either. Last I, time I, I was out there, I had a 12-pounder on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thank you so much to Janice's Cafe. Uh, down here at 2103 South Main Street, letting us hang out uh, all hour long. We really appreciate them. Uh, come down. Taco salad is the special uh, for lunch here today. Also, full menu all day long right down here at Janice's Cafe. Tomorrow, it's going to be a packed show. Caleb Murray of the Elk City softball team will be with us. Uh, we'll also have our man Taylor Varnell with Canute Baseball. And, of course, it's Wednesday. So, big up football coach Zach Maynard will stop by at some point at the end of the show. Thanks so much. Everybody have a wonderful Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow back at studio with the Skinny on Sports. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back.
Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medication safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.